Welcome into the trenches. I'm Sam Mays. Before we get started with the show and our guest Zach Sanchez, I've got to give a shout out to Euros Health. I've had the most incredible experience with these guys over the last several months since I had my heart issues in October, and recently I've gone through COVID. And what I really want to compare it to is having an athletic training staff again. I've got a support system away from my normal doctors, from my general practitioner and my cardiologist that's helping me make my way through this life, this part of my life, dealing with all these medical issues, talking about my medication, things I need to be taking along with my medication, dealing with testosterone issues, the whole nine yards. They really have been a companion for me. Uh, and helping me understand what's going on with my health, making it more digestible for me. You know, not to say that my uh, normal doctors aren't great. They are, but it's so nice and I'm able to just hop into the patient portal with Euros and just ask some questions about, you know, this is how I'm feeling or this is how this medication is feeling or do you think I should be taking this or should I try something different? And I get an instant response, which is absolutely fantastic. So I love the support. I love what this group has done for me. I'm looking forward to continuing uh, to work with them. We're going to do a little bit of a weight loss competition here uh, in the next uh, six, seven months, which I'm pretty excited about. So stay tuned to In the Trenches to learn more about Euros Health. Thank you. Today, we've got a very special guest, former Sooner great NFL vet, Mr. Zach Sanchez. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's a uh... It was a busy day, but I'm here and I'm making, I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah. We were texting a little bit earlier. You said you were digging up your front yard. What's going on? Man. Yeah. So my, my water line broke from, from my meter to my house. So like last week and a half, finding the league was a whole ordeal in itself. And then today, uh, digging it up and then my pops helped me out to end it up. But yeah, I'm getting that replaced. I see my water bill and I was like, yeah, hell no, this can't be right. So, so <laughs> Wait, this is not a city problem. This is a, this is a you problem. Me, I guess. So I guess out here, they only work from the meter to the curb. So if there's no problem there, they can't help. That's crazy. It seems wow. like you should be writing some sort of strong written letter to somebody. They told Congress me I can't that I've spent. So it's going to be, they're going to get a big bill for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, uh, we got you in the show because social media has been wild over the last uh, couple of weeks, right? The transfer portal is one of the biggest conversations in sports. I think it's interesting, and honestly, to be to be real with you, you know, it's made college football a three sixty five a day a year conversation. It's added to what I already thought was the biggest soap opera in sports, and uh, now you're looking at the student athlete has just got a little more control. Uh, of their future has got a little more power and is able to um, seek greener pastures. So I'm I'm kind of following along here recently with the Caden Green uh, transfer, and I saw your name pop up, and you were kind of getting in it with some some OU fans about this. Tell me a little bit how that interaction started. Uh, well, I just obviously had the news broke. I don't know last week or week and a half. Like when it, I'm just gonna put this out. When it comes to the portal stuff, like. As somebody who understands the dynamic of that, like a guy leaving, like that's not going to affect me as, as it affects some other people. But there was just tweets made and like, you know, I understand being mad about the situation and questioning the situation. Like you as a as a fan, you have every right to that. You know what I mean? And basically what I was getting at is just him and his family have a right to not tell you anything. Like right. you know, what I mean? the only people that are old were the people in that locker room and his staff. Everybody outside that building, myself included, like as an alumni, I don't give a damn. That's. That's their prerogative. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a lot of that. I mean, it, we we have 
you know, every fan base has them. I call them the little backwash fans at the bottom of the bottle. Nobody wants them, but they're there. You know what I mean? And right. I've just, I've, and I try to tell people like, I've been dealing with this for 10 years, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not new to this. Like I've been, when I was in college, I was on social media. So I've had that back and forth with, with those type of fans. And it, it kind of gets, it gets cloudy because people think I'm talking about the whole fan base and I'm not like that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. So it does get blurred and, and skewed like that. But um, yeah, it was a, it was an eventful couple, like 48 hours, man. People are, and, and, and I'll say this, you have every right to be mad about it. You know what I mean? Question it, feel however you feel about it. At the end of the day, he doesn't have to tell you nothing. His family don't have to tell you nothing. I was pissed off about it. Do I feel like he could have handled it better? But yeah, yes. But at the end of the day, he's an 18 year old kid. You know what I mean? Like, right. we don't know if he's pulling the strings. His family's pulling the strings. We don't know that, that dynamic. We're on, we're on the outside. So that's just my thing. Like when you start going at families and calling them pieces of shit and things like that, that's when it kind of gets, it gets mucky for me. And I'm, I'm not going to have any of it as you probably have seen. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. You know, and I think that what's happened is a lot of fans feel like because these guys are able to get a little money now that they're no longer kids, right? And now you get to speak to them and about them like they're grown men. And look, I'll be honest with you, I've taken the gloves off a little bit in regards to how kids play mm-hmm. these days because of that, right? You're a million dollar quarterback or you're a million dollar offensive lineman. I'm gonna treat you like that i'm going to comment like that i wouldn't have done that 10 years ago right because these were student athletes and you kind of treat them just a little bit differently than you would some nfl players but some of these guys like a caleb williams or you know some of these big time players that are making millions they deserve to be spoken about like professional athletes that's essentially what they are Mm -hmm. um i find the king green thing super interesting because he is so young and the amount of money that I'm hearing thrown around for this, you know, I had one point I heard a million dollars is just so absurd that I can't imagine being Caden Green's family and turning that down in any way, shape or form. Right. Like you got to you have to just think about the. There, there's a chance of Caden Green. There's a better chance right now, even after his stellar freshman year, that he'll never make a million dollars at one time then there is a chance that he's going to go play in the NFL. He's had one season, one good year. And frankly, whoever's going to give a million dollars is ignorant for doing that. In my opinion, that's bad business on their side of things. But I'm, I'm to these people out there saying, well, he should, you know, if it's, if his father said to do it, he should ignore his father. And I'm like, what, not go home for Christmas. What are you talking about? That's not a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then like 500,000, like, First of all, we just need to, since we're, since we're talking about these kids as grownups, anybody at their job, if they got a better job offer of that substantial amount of money is gone. Correct. If you've been there 30 years, you're, you know, everybody's, you're gone. Like, let's, let's be honest and real about the situation, right? So, like, you giving an 18 year old kid 500K or a million dollars, that changes the family, not just his life, that changes his family's life. You know what I mean? Right. And, and some guys, I'm sure you felt in that position, like, you owe that to your family. You know what I mean? So how, you can't question a kid's loyalty to his family because he chooses what he feels best for his family or right. that opposed to his family. Like you don't, if you've never been in that type of situation, you can't understand that pressure. You know what I mean? So all you can do is speculate and speak on it from an outside perspective. But you know, I know, like you know how that is. You know how that pressure is. And it's not even pressure. It's just they've done so much for you. You feel like you need to, you owe that back to them. It's not. This is like, a family business. 100%. Nope. The amount of things and time that my family sacrificed leading up to me signing my letter of intent to Oklahoma State, the the 15 years that they put into my 
my practices and my cleats and my, you know, at one point we had to pay to play in, in my town because the levy didn't pass. I mean, they spent thousands of dollars on me to chase my dream. And so obviously if I've been given the opportunity to give back to them, I'm going to do that. You know, 20 years ago, we had a guy, I'm not even going to say his name, but there was a kid on my team, right? That was a JUCO transfer, came in his junior year and got off campus living, right? He said he's going to live off campus so he can get that full check. That dude slept in his car for a year and a half and sent that check home to his mother, right? That little $600 check or whatever it was at the time, he sent home to his mom. I mean, this is the reality of some of these players, right? I mean, these guys come in and they, people don't realize that they get, you know, they might gain 30 pounds in their first semester and they're like, oh man, they're, they're putting in the work, the work in the weight room. I'm like, no, nah, man, that, that boy's <laughs> eating three straight meals yeah, day, for the first time in his life. Facts. Right. But, you know, those are the things that we know because we've been around it that people don't know on the outside unless it's a feel good story for somebody to push. You know what I mean? Like, but right. that's reality and 50, maybe 60% of your roster, depending on what school you're at. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's kind of crazy, man. And and I think like, um, who's the coach from UCLA? Kelly, check, check. Yeah, yeah. um, he made a good point, you know, like the NIL for me, it gives, since fans are giving their money, it gives them that sense that, oh, I better know what the hell's going on since my money's into it. And then he brought up the right. fact, you know, these schools need to start paying the kids. And I think that'll cut a lot of this animosity and a lot of this bad language out of it if it were to go that route. Um, but obviously schools aren't going to just kill that NIL. It's too much money for them, um, obviously. But I think that that's right. a good point. Like, there's they're skin in the game for fans, essentially, right? There's there's Now there's a pound of flesh, there's an ounce of flesh. Like, you know what I mean? Given your fingernail clippings, um, as much as it is appreciated, it's not the same as that kid waking up 4 a.m. every day and finishing his day at 8, at 8 p.m. It's right. not nearly the same. You talked about your hard-earned money. Again, nobody's forcing you to give your hard-earned money. You're deciding. Correct. You know what I mean? It's a it's a pleasure thing for you every Saturday. You know what I mean? It's it's an event. It's it's something you go have fun for. For these kids, that Saturday is their job interview for whether it be three years or four years. Like if they don't if they don't show up that Saturday, they don't they don't know if they have a career outside of this. You know what I mean? So you have a very short window to capitalize on as much as you can, whether it be exposure or whether it be money that you can make. So like it's just uh it's 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 crazy times right now, man. But I think if if fans can kind of understand that yes, you have skin in the game, but you're still not entitled to your opinion or or whatever you feel like should be owed to you from anybody inside that locker room or that building. It's just that's not how it works. You know what I mean? That's just not the reality of the situation. I, I think you there's 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 one thing you do have to say about OU fans and Oklahoma will benefit uh from this during this time is it's one of the most passionate fan bases in the country. No question. Right. Like I, you go through social media and you look at, um, you know, the statistics for Instagram for Ohio state or YouTube for Ohio state or Alabama or any of these major brands and OU fans just dwarf them. I mean, they're not even there. The other teams fans aren't even going to their team's social media pages. OU fans live on Oklahoma stuff. Right. And so the athletes are going to benefit from that passion. There's no, no doubt about it. And like you said, you know, there's always that percentage that's a very small percentage of fans. That's going to be the worst of us. Like there isn't any sports or any business or anything. There's going to be a group of people that kind of suck. Uh, and I think those people are loudest on social media, right? Because they, they have avatars of, you know, anime characters or, 
you know, Snoopy's on your on your profile pic, and or your name player. is not your real name or former player. They they don't yeah. even or right. But yeah, and I understand. Like I, I understand fandom. Like I'm a diehard Mavs fan, man. When it comes, like, trust me, when I I understand fandom. I do. I also understand that I'm not a part of their team. I haven't put in work with their team. Like I'm a fan, right. and I just enjoy it. whether it's good or bad. I'm gonna enjoy. It. Yeah, I'm gonna talk my shit if it's bad. Of course, I do that about the OU teams. Like. I'm one of the most critical guys on Twitter. So it's like, I'm not, it got flipped into this whole thing. Like you can't criticize players and they're snow. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> we live in, we, I promise you they get criticized harder in that building than they do on Twitter. Like, Absolutely. Let's, let's be honest about it. So, yeah, I mean, they get criticized more in their own heads, right? In their own beds at night when they lay down by themselves, I promise you they're criticizing themselves more than the fans are criticizing them. But in, in some people's eyes, they're just, they're like, privileged to be there like they weren't they like they didn't earn their their right to be at that university like they didn't they weren't just handed us a, a scholarship like they they was yeah. for that scholarship and i think that's a misconception too is because these kids are getting paid that they're not working hard like they're just getting a check every day right like, that that statement right there has been told to me before you know osu there's a group of osu fans that don't care for me very much a lot of it is because i covered ou for the last you know, 15 years, a lot of it is because I refuse to pull punches. If OSU is not good, I'll say they're not good. And if OU is good, I'm going to praise them for being good. I'm a, I'm a sports broadcaster. I'm not a OSU fan first. I would never disrespect the game like that and just promote my former school for any reason. That doesn't make any sense. I had a fan tell me once that, you know, I should have been thankful for the opportunity that Oklahoma State gave me. And I clapped back with, I would have busted heads and became an All-American at any school I would have chosen to. Oklahoma State should be happy I chose them, right? Like that's, and if you're Oklahoma, if you're at the University of Oklahoma, do you know how many other schools these kids could have chosen to? Like you're, you're the cream of the crop if you're at OU, right? 100%. They could have done, run hard, caught a ball, throw a ball, anywhere, anywhere else they wanted to in the country. They chose Oklahoma. And there should be some sort of, I'm thankful that you chose to come do it here, right? I don't tell me that I should be thankful for what was given to me. You know how long it took me to bust my butt to get to that point, yeah. right? How many how many nights I spent watching film and how many days I spent in the weight room and doing all the extra stuff it needs to be to be the elite Division One athletes. Like, those kids have, they've earned everything they're getting. There's no doubt about it. A thousand percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, yeah, I've gotten those comments too, and I'm like, I didn't play in the NIL. <laughs> I didn't play in the NIL. Area. You didn't give me no type of money. I didn't have no boosters. I wasn't like, I'll be straight up. I, I didn't get paid on the rug. Like, I didn't. I didn't get none of that. You know what I mean? I just right. I my ass for for four years, and that's what it was. I got. I got. I enjoyed it, and I. I know I cherish every minute that I had there, but though, like, yeah, fans have told me that too. Like, yeah, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have. Like, come on, <laughs> let's let's be honest. Right. I'd I'd have been fine anywhere I went. Anywhere. Right. Right. All right, let's let's talk a little ball before we get out of here. Uh, OU headed to the SEC. Like you said, you're pretty critical of your team. I get it. I'm also pretty critical of mine. Um, Sooner Nation, the last couple of years, has been crazy, right? They found a way to stood up, stand up. I feel like Venables has done a great job rebuilding the foundation. Yeah. Um, thoughts on what they look like going into the SEC next year? The I'll, This year, obviously, from last year to this year, has been a huge jump, right? Um, and I think that just comes with experience alone. Um, I think guys were bought in last year. I think we just probably didn't understand the system as much um, or understand the standard. I'll say that. But this year, I think those guys really turned it up. And what they what we saw in Dallas, 
gives me a lot of hope going into the SEC. Because I'll be honest, I'm like you, like I'm honest about this. Texas probably has one of the top three rosters in the country. Like, you know what I mean? I'm Just because of my rival, I'm not going to – like that's a good-ass – that is a good-ass team that's going to play in the playoffs. Right. Let's stop all the noise. And for us, we looked like the better team that day, like straight up. We looked like the better team than them. With the roster that they had, even when they came alive a little bit, like we looked like the better team. And us, me seeing that from a physical standpoint, because that game is always physical. Whoever's more physical, that game is going to win. And right. that's, that's one game that I can in the Big 12. I'm like, all right, look, whoever's the most physical team is going to win this game. So our guys playing like that, and then obviously the guys that we have returned, like having, done, having Danny come back, Billy Bowman, like those guys are going to be so experienced on the defense. Um, and it's crazy, like these these last couple of years, offense has kind of been a question for us, and we're, that's new territory from coming from where we came from. Um, but I think Jackson Arnold is the guy that should should be the leader of the team, you know. And I and I think uh, just from what I'm hearing from guys in the locker room, is he's he's the real deal. And we've been hearing it for for a, for a little bit now. And I think even. Jaden Davis, he's not even at OU anymore. Um, had a podcast a couple of days ago and was saying the same thing. So I'm not too worried. Obviously, it's a, it's it's a it's a it's going to be a test for sure. I'm not I'm not going to be one of those guys that obviously I hate the SEC. Um, I've never liked the SEC. I, I played under Bob, and I, I guess I get that from Bob. Bob hated the SEC, and everybody that played for him hated. So um, for us, man, to be honest, like I don't know. I guess we went what, six and seven, and I think people just feel like we fell off the face of the earth. Like, this is like this is, this is the University of Oklahoma we're talking about. This isn't Nebraska. This isn't A&M. This isn't Mizzou. This isn't – I'll be honest, this isn't even Texas. Like, this is Oklahoma. You know what I mean? We, there's no distractions when you come to Norman. It's, it's one thing. You win championships or it's a failure. Like, that's just what it is. That's, that's what you know. That's what you should know. That's how you should wake up every day. That's why you should, how you should spend your time when you're here at the University of Oklahoma. So – like I think us having that type of attitude and getting back to that attitude with BV is is being quintessential to us. Like I don't, I'm not worried. I'll be honest. Like I I, I am not worried. It's gonna be rough. I'm not gonna say we're gonna breeze through the SEC, but right. in my opinion, every game is winnable. Like I don't I don't see a game like obviously Bama comes here right, and that's gonna be a, a huge test for us. But outside of that game, we got LSU obviously the week following in Death Valley, and then. You know, but like outside of those two games, I don't feel like any game is not winnable for us. And maybe I'm biased, maybe I'm, you know, but I just, I don't. Like, I don't, obviously, I think the SEC is top heavy. It's Georgia and Bama and everybody else, right? Right. I think those are the two teams that you can honestly say, all right, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show up for those two. Obviously, you got to show up every week, but that's going to be a game you're going to have to play out your mind to beat those guys, right? Everybody else in Oklahoma football, I think will beat, to be honest. So. I, look, I get, is there a chance that that happens? Absolutely. I think for that to go down, though, uh, I made the comment the other day on social media and I got rag, dragged for it. But I think this is the most important offseason in OU football history. And it has nothing to do with, um, you know, new coordinators or what's going to happen in recruiting or any of those things. So what it comes down to is from the time these kids start bowl practice, right, to the time that they play you know, suit up to go to that first game, the work that needs to be done has to be perfect, right? Every single player from starter to scout team has got to be focused on one singular thing for the next seven months or whatever it is to get to the opening of the season. They have to be different. It's got to look different. It's got to sound different. You've got to study different. 
And it's all on those players and the commitment they're going to make to their football team. The reality is Oklahoma does not have the best roster in the SEC. And they have been fortunate enough in the Big 12 for years to have the best roster in the conference. I mean, it wasn't until lately that, you know, they've slipped off of that podium. But the two, the teams that I played against, I played against a defense at OU at one point, Zach, that had nine NFL players on it. Nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the OU that I know. So, like, coming into this next year, this offseason has got to be emotionally, mentally perfect. Yeah. They got to get their minds right to represent that brand because I promise you, even in the SEC, even with teams that have better rosters, everybody's going to be OU. There's no oh, doubt. Yeah. Hell yeah, definitely. And like that target, uh, that's, I was talking to Woody uh, a few weeks ago, but that target is going to be huge <laughs> on our back. Like just for like, just they just want to spank the new guys, like us and, te- and Texas. Absolutely. That's all it is. They, we're going to, oh, these blue buds are coming in. They think they're going to, no. So I understand it. And it should be that way. They shouldn't want it any other way. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's going to help them like Auburn, playing Auburn, South Carolina early in the year. Like that's going to help them get prepared for that Bama and LSU stretch at the end of the year. So, I mean, I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited, you know. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I think, I think we're going to be just fine. All right. Last one Texas. Semi-final matchup, national championship on the line. Do you think Longhorns got a chance? Yeah, I think we see a rematch of Bama and Texas, and I think I think Bama gets their gets their revenge. Okay, so that's your championship game. Yeah, I I think I think I, I mean Washington is great. Don't get me wrong, offensively outstanding, but I think from a physical standpoint, Texas is just going to be a little bit too much for them. Um. And then, honestly, I, I've said it about Michigan all year. I think they're the most overrated team in the country. I think the Big Ten as a whole is just so overrated. And it's not – yes, we can talk about how great their defense is. When these teams are rolling out middle school and high school offenses, please don't tell me how great your defenses are. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, it, and it's not necessarily the Big Ten's fault. It's just like there's not too many athletes up there. Most of the athletes come down south to play ball. And the, the athletes that do go up there go to two schools. They go to Michigan and Ohio State. So. Right. You know, honestly, you get up for one game, two games, because you got to win your championship and then play in the playoff. So, yeah, but they had a daunty schedule, you know, against Iowa, who was like 130-something offensively. You know what I mean? <laughs> Penn State. I think Ohio State is the number one ranked offense in the Big Ten, and they're ranked 36th. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, is Michigan better than everybody in the Big Ten? 100%. But at the end of the day, I think they're a top six, seven team. I don't think they're the number one I and I think Bama will show that. I'm not. I'm not going to talk anymore on it. But I think Bama is just going to show what a you know what a top four team really looks like. And that's no shade. That's just me being my honest opinion about the Big Ten as a whole. Zach, I appreciate your time so much today. You really did me a favor by joining me and speaking your mind. And I think everything you said, I I get it, man. I I agree with everything you said on social media, and I appreciate you uh, you speaking on it here on because it's easier to speak on a podcast about it than it is to get your point across. You know, on, on Twitter for sure. Comprehension is a gift, bro. I think I'm going to get a t-shirt made. There you go. <laughs> but I appreciate right, my friend. it, man. Um, anytime. Right, anytime. Anytime you want yeah, me. Yeah, I hope to get you next season for sure. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You too.